1: 7:08 on a Saturday morning, 56 degrees outside. A little cooler than you would expect on a May mid-May morning, but it is going to be a gorgeous day this afternoon. 80 degrees this afternoon. Gusty winds, though. Keep in mind that that'll be happening as well. This is Lawn and Garden. I'm Walter Reeves, the Georgia Gardener, and I'm here to help you be more successful doing whatever you want to do in your garden. If you want to be active and garden like crazy man this afternoon, or crazy woman this afternoon, I can tell you what is most important to do. And if you want to just lay back and drink your iced tea and rest for the weekend, fine. I can tell you the minimum you have to do to keep your landscape looking nice. If you have questions about organic gardening, great. Questions about vegetable gardening, fine. If you've got questions about your lawn and what to do to make it green, fine. The number, easy. Just dial these digits, 404 872 and you'll be in Coming up in the next half hour, we'll have Mike and Winder, who has a pear tree and all the fruits turning black. Susan in Decatur wants to know how to use Roundup under a Japanese maple. Can that be done safely? But right now, Bobby is down in Stockbridge and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Bobby, good morning. Good morning. What you got? How are you doing this morning? I'm doing fine. Thank you, sir. I've got a pecan tree I planted about three years ago in my backyard. Yeah.
2: I was looking at it the other day, and the leaves look like the uh, the top of the tree. The leaves look like they have acorns or balls or something yeah. inside the leaves. Yeah. What is
1: that? Some people call them warts. They look real warty, looking on, wrinkled up and warty looking on the pecan leaves. This time of year, we've been talking words that have lots of syllables today, and Bobby, I'll have to teach you a word that has a lot of syllables to tell you what that is. It's called phylloxera, and it's spelled with a P-H-P-H-Y-L-L-O-X-E-R-A, phylloxera, And it is a tiny, tiny little insect that lays her eggs. The adults lay eggs on the leaves of the pecan. And then the eggs cause, they secrete a hormone that makes the tissue of the leaf grow up around them and make these little warty things all over the place. And the good news is it really doesn't hurt the pecan particularly. If you had 100 acres of pecan trees, we'd spray to control phylloxera because it might decrease your yield by just a smidge. But in a home backyard pecan tree, Bobby, it's not worth your time or trouble to try to control them. And you can't do anything right now, frankly, because they're already there. Okay. So uh, the leaves, a few of them will drop. Not many of them will drop. Yes, it looks ugly. Yeah, I guess you could shred the leaves once they've fallen or rake them up and dispose of them. That would help a little bit for control next year. But to be truthful, there are a lot of other things you could be doing in your landscape that would be more profitable to you than okay. worrying about the phylloxera on the pecan tree.
2: How soon can I expect these things to start putting out some pecans? Like I said, about three, maybe
1: three years old, maybe. Yeah. Coming three to five years is about what I expect on pecan trees. So if yours has been in the ground for three years, it will hopefully this year might have two or three or five. Or 10. And then as it gets a little bit older, a little bit bigger, more leaf surface, then it begins to think, man, Bobby's is, Bobby is waiting for his pecan pie. What am I going to do? <laughs> exactly. And so fertilize every year is a great idea, Bobby, to help to create more leaf surface. That is what you want on a pecan tree. Leaves, leaves, leaves. Okay. I will do it. Thank Nine. you, sir. Phylloxera, no problem. No with the no right. That's it. Thanks for calling, Bob. Comes now, brother Bub bu- 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 sister Susan from Decatur, Georgia. <laughs> hey Susan. Good morning.
3: Hi. Um, thanks for taking my call. Sure. I have one of those low to the ground um Japanese maples. Yeah. And it's a big one. It's probably about twelve feet in diameter to spread the nice. leaves. So it's I've had it several years. Okay. And um underneath I've got some weeds and things. And I was going to either use some of that new solid, like, stick or gel Roundup, if I can find it, or I'll just paint Roundup onto the weeds that are under there. Um, And I'm just worried that, uh, will, will that have any potential to go into the ground and into the root system of the tree and damage the tree?
1: That is a big, pretty maple. (laughs) I'm going to be very, very careful here, Susan. It's not likely. In other words, I would give you 95% odds that if you painted the Roundup onto the leaves of the weeds underneath there or put that gel onto the leaves that it would not hurt the maple tree in the least. Spraying Uh is a different thing. Spraying you can get on some exposed roots or it can drift over onto the trunk and that not a safe thing to do. Painting onto weeds should not be a problem although if you wanted it to be 100% safe i suppose 100% would be to get underneath there and pull the weeds and Good. then lay down some mulch and let that be your weed control okay
3: all right well i'm going to try to pull them first yeah. and if it, if i can't do that i'll just be really 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 really
1: really, careful. really 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 careful the gel stuff is pretty nice it's pretty interesting it's been used in europe and sold in europe for Ten years, I guess, but only in the last year has the Gel Roundup become available. I
3: haven't seen it in the stores yet.
1: Yeah. So I've seen it once, and it was at one of the big box stores. And I thought, well, look at you. That's a Gel Roundup. How about that?
3: Well, I'll try one of those then, too, yeah. to see if I can find it. And yeah. Okay, well, thanks about it. I'll just be really, 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 really careful. Exactly. And I'll maybe call back and let you know how it went.
1: I would love to hear from you, Susan. Thanks <laughs> Thank for calling. bye We'll see you soon. We've got Mike in Winder, Georgia, with a question about his pear trees. Hey, Mike, good morning. Hey, Mr. how you doing? I'm doing all right. What you got, Mike? Uh,
2: well, uh, my pear trees, they bloomed beautifully this year, and I was getting groups of threes and fours, pears, and it, I thought I was going to have a massive pear crop, yeah, sure. here yeah. I am, all my fruits died. I
1: don't Whoa. know why. <laughs> when you say fruit died, tell me the symptoms. Where did it start and how did it progress?
2: Um, it's mainly the fruit and the clusters of leaves around the fruit. It's just it's turning black. One day I was like, "Hey, I got muscadine-sized pears, mm-hmm. and they're going to be huge and big." And
1: now they're not. You have a good word to look up. In fact, you can look it up on my website. Two words actually: fire blight. Okay. Fire blight is a bacterial disease. It gets on pears and apples mostly, and it causes the tips of branches to turn black, like it's been scorched black. And if there's any fruit out there, it turns the fruit black, too. And many times, it's not just one tip, it is the whole tree or half the tree is affected by fire blight. And sad to say, there's not a whole lot you can do about it. It is very, very dependent on environment, of how much rain, what the temperatures have been, things that you can't control. And there are very, very few sprays that will control it. And so... Sad to say, about the best you can do many times is just prune it out and dip your pruners into alcohol or Clorox or something between cuts so that you don't infect the rest of the tree as you're pruning. So go look up fire blight and see if my intuition is correct that that's what you have, fire blight.
3: Okay, uh, real quick, I have
2: peach trees. Do I need to do anything to those to make sure it doesn't happen to them?
1: Good news. It does not generally affect peach trees at all. Okay, great. Now you go. Now here's the neat thing about this all this whole situation, Mike, is that the way that the bacteria is spread, usually it comes into the flowers and honeybees of all things, our friend Mr. Honeybee, Miss Honeybee gets it on his or her legs and carries the bacteria from flower to flower on apples and and pears. And so scientists, being an inquisitive and creative lot, have decided, you know, one of the best ways to carry a fungicide or a bactericide— from flower to flower would be to make it in a powder that we can put on the bees legs and put it you know, near the hive entrance so they go in and out and get it on their legs and actually treat the flowers of the trees before they can get a good infection on them and so I really hold a lot of hope for that that we'll find a particular bactericide that can be safely applied to bees legs and let the bees do the application specifically to where it needs to be put and hopefully control fire blight that way but as I say right now uh, the copper fungicides have a little bit of effect on it, but if you do the fire blight research, you'll see that too. It's just not really much to do other than prune it out and sanitize between cuts. All right. Well, thank you very much, Mike. It's great talking to you. Sad to say, I wish I had a solution, but right this minute, I do not. Okay. Thank All right. You. We'll see you soon. It's, right, it's seven seventeen. News Talk WSB. You're listening to Lawn and Garden. And a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. The weekend starts off. Great note today. Plenty of sunshine all day. A couple of wind gusts in the afternoon. Afternoon highs in the low 80s. It's going to be very nice outside. No rain, of course, and the lows dropping overnight into sort of a chilly upper 40s. Your full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. And don't forget, tomorrow... You can pick up your Atlanta Journal of Constitution, we're going to have a big, big, big story about a poll about how Governor Deal's vetoes of campus carry and religious liberty bills affected everybody. Plus, hey man, you get $366 in coupon savings off the Atlanta Journal of Constitution Sunday edition. We've got Kevin in Roswell joining us on Lawn and Garden. Hey Kevin, good morning. Good morning, how are you doing? What you got on uh, on your uh, vegetables?
3: Um, yeah, I got these little I'm out in my garden right now I'm gonna come inside. Um, they're they're like caterpillars or something. they sure. They're green, mostly green with black stripes down the side. Sure. They're a little less than an inch long, and they're just love my kale.
1: Oh, yeah, man. kale, cabbage, broccoli, yep uh, cauliflower, they'll eat holes in the leaves. They look like Swiss cheese in a week. But the great news, the great news is there is an organic caterpillar control that does not hurt anybody other than caterpillars. Doesn't hurt people, no birds, no pets, or anything like that. And the abbreviation is very simple. And that's usually how you name it when you go to a garden center. You just say, I want some BT, boy Tom, some BT. BT. BT, caterpillar killer. And they will find you the spray, and it'll say organic and all this other stuff. It's a bacteria that makes caterpillars' guts stop. And that's what it does. And so within 24 hours of spraying it, if you keep your eyes on the caterpillars, they will hang by their tails and turn black. I mean, literally, they turn black and oozy you want to wash those off before you eat that uh, kale, of course, but accountability. <laughs> the, yeah, there's, the there, there's a bunch that, of
3: them in the sink right now, which is not real appetizing. Yeah,
1: a couple of them, most of them actually drop off before they do anything, but one or two will be hanging, so you knock those off the leaves, and uh, it does kills them like a charm. Beating. Okay. Well, that's all I needed. Thanks. That's I'm gonna run around all and get you it. Need. That's what you got to have. Thanks for calling. Then. Okay. Yeah. Bye. Coming up in the next half hour, who we got talking to? We will talk to Teresa Monroe, and she is really concerned because her garden mulch may be bad. It has affected her vegetables. What is going on there? Uh, Dennis over in uh, Marietta. What does Dennis say? He's got concerned about his extra growth on his grapevines. Cindy in Marietta has a question about her summer vegetables that aren't quite leafing out. Scott has white clover in his fescue lawn, and Eleanor in Madison has squash fruit not growing like she expects. and I may get to tell Eller some things that she does not realize about how squash actually grow. By the way, one of the things that really, really bothered me this past week, I have no other time in the show to rant about this, but I'll tell you one of the things that really saddened me this past week was the incident of the deer crash over in, uh, what is it, Forsyth County, I believe, where a young student, a high school student, was killed when a car hit a deer. It flipped it over into his lane. He ran into it. And that just tragically affects a lot of people who have accidents with deer, and I wish there were some way that the DNR and citizens could get together and agree on methods of controlling the deer population in Georgia. It is rampant. There is no real effective control for deer in Georgia. I wish there were, and I think there are methods that could be used. I'm not going to go into them right now. But this high school bright high school student is dead because a deer... Too many of them there are on the highways. And that deer got thrown into his windshield and now he's gone. And I really am saddened by that situation. Deer, I don't much care for them. Hunters care for them, of course. A few can be out there for hunters to hunt. But, man, when they start killing our students, that's when I don't like deer at all. It's 728. Back to more Lawn and Garden after news. I'm Walter Reeves, the Georgia gardener, here to help you be more successful doing whatever you feel like will make you feel successful in your landscape. And you can define it as one more flower, one little bit of weed gone, one little bit of patch of grass that's greener. Whatever you predict that you want to have in your landscape, I can help you get there somehow. 404-872-0750. But I also try to bring a little happiness into somebody's life. Ashley and I collaborate you feeling like a little mathematics right now, Ashley?
0: I've, I feel like I have to be too smart for this hour.
1: Well, for this hour, here's all you have to do. Think of a number between 2 and 7, which will determine who wins, and this is the cool part, a pair of tickets to see Willie Nelson, the red-headed stranger, in concert with special guest Chris Christopherson and the strangers May the 20th at Chastain Park Amphitheater, produced by Live Nation, plus, catch this, a McDonald's $20 Arch card. Go to supper, go to see Willie Nelson, go to see Chris Christopherson. What an evening we're talking. This is good stuff. Who's going to win?
0: Caller number three.
1: Caller number three, 404-741-0750. Dial carefully, 404-741-0750. Chris Christopherson, Willie Nelson. Whoa, what an evening that will be. Let's go to the phones. We've got Scott in Stockbridge who joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Scott, good morning. Good morning, how are you? I'm all right, what's up?
2: Uh, i got white clover taking over my lawn. Yeah. And uh, the weeding feed won't, won't kill it.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, there are a lot of people who would say white clover is actually good for the lawn because it brings nitrogen out of the air and, and fixes it and makes the fescue a lot happier to have that free fertilizer there. So uh, you can't always say that white clover is a bad thing, but it should typically be able to be controlled if you feel like you want to do that. Uh, what kind of weed and feed? Tell me your schedule on doing the weed and feed, Scott.
2: Um, I'm not sure what the, what the numbers or brand is that I use, but I usually do it in the early spring and then in the fall.
1: Okay. And
2: it'll kill all the other weeds, but it, won't, it looks like it feeds the clover.
1: All right. Well, tell you what, dude. Let's not do any fertilizer on the, um, on the fescue right now, because fertilizing fescue with a weed and feed... It's not such a great idea in May because it makes the fescue grow so rapidly that it gets diseases in June and July, and it's not a great idea. So we're going to do just a weed control, all right? Okay. And the easy stuff, I think, to use is the, uh, for lack of a better word, the purple label, Weed Be Gone, or Bonide Weed Killer. Either one of them has a purple label, and it says specifically, Chickweed Clover and Oxalis Killer, and it is okay. very specific for chickweed and clover and oxalis and a fescue lawn. Read the label. You can't put too much on it. It'll make the fescue turn a little yellow if you do. But um, if you use that purple label stuff, it should get rid of the clover pretty quickly if you feel like that's what you really, really want to do. Okay. All right. I appreciate it. Purple stuff. No weed and feed. Purple stuff. Read the label right. and follow it carefully.
2: All right, man. Appreciate it. All right, man. We'll show. see
1: you soon. Thanks for calling, Scott. Speaking of weeds. Yes. Weed of the week! Weed of the week! Weed of the week! Weed of the week! We got to have a weed of the week right here. Ashley Frasca, of course, goes around her yard and looks for the lemons that we can make lemonade out of, and she has found not necessarily a weed. What did you find?
0: It's not a weed, but I needed your help identifying it. A lichen! This fuzzy little thing, reminded me of Spanish moss, but fuzzy little thing that kept falling onto the ground out of the trees, and I didn't know
1: what it was. A lichen. They look They look like little shrubby things in this particular, this form of lichen. There are several forms of lichen. So and I've had it flattens. sitting on
0: my counter for a week, and it doesn't lose its <laughs> texture. It doesn't get crumbly. It's kind of cute.
1: Yeah, and it does look like Spanish moss. You're exactly right. They're not kin to each other at all, but they sort of do look like Spanish moss. And uh, Scott Maxim, what is a lichen? Please, please elucidate. What is a lichen? It is a symbiotic relationship between an algae and a fungus. Very good, Scott Maxim. This whole crew is just genius. I just got to tell you, genius. Lichens, so basically, do not cause any damage to the trees. Whatever it fell from in Ashley's yard, it was not hurting that tree. It simply likes to grow on bark. That's the only thing about lichens that is characteristic, is they like to grow on bark. It is an algae that loves photosynthesizing, and it makes little sugars that make a fungus say, I want to protect you, and they grow together on the bark of a tree. Usually it is a tree that has... uh, maybe gotten thin or old an old dogwood tree many times have lichens on it and people want to you know blame the lichen it killed my dogwood tree but it doesn't kill the dogwood tree
0: so yeah, I think mine's coming off of an oak tree yeah. And I noticed, and you were observant too The little, almost white discs yeah. growing on the ends of the little legs
1: of it I believe those are the little places where spores are made I think, if I'm not mistaken They're the little sporulation things But bottom line, if you got lichens Whether the flat ones that grow on the bark of your tree Or the shrubby looking things like, like, like Ashley found on her uh, deck and yard They're not a harm to a tree They're just a lichen
0: Cool little picture we have You can see that and all of our weeds that we've done for Weed of the Week on WSBRadio.com And just type in the search bar Weed of the Week
1: Weed of the Week Thanks, Ashley Next week we'll have a different Weed of the Week And we'll see what we find in Ashley's yard next week Oh, merciful heavens We've got Cindy and Marietta Who joins us on Lawn and Garden Hey, Cindy, good morning
2: Good morning, how are you? Well, we're
1: all right We've got lichens and we're happy
2: Great I, <laughs> um, I have a question about my raised bed vegetable garden Yeah I have um, planted by seed in the same bed, I have um, beans and cucumbers in there, and I also have by plants, peppers and eggplants. Awesome, and good. The peppers and the cucumbers are really slow to start putting on more leaves. They're very uh. small. The leaves, whereas the other two um, vegetables are just thriving.
1: Great, They're huge. Great. So,
2: what's going on with the? with those. And, and I know peppers take a long time, but in particular, I would have expected to have a lot more leaves than my cucumbers.
1: Usually you can put the blame at the foot of cold soil. Um, peppers and cucumbers both really, really like to be in warm soil, and not just, you know, day after middle of April soil. I mean, middle of May to the to early June is when they would really prefer to be planted. And if they find themselves in cold soil, then they sort of sit there and say, well, We're going to wait until it's warm outside. We don't like it here in the cold soil. We're going to sit here and just look at Cindy and not do much of anything. So I would say give it another week or two, 80 degrees today. It's going to be chilly overnight, so it'll chill the soil a little bit. But when the soil temperatures are up into the 60s, which I haven't checked in the last two or three days, but I'll check in a minute, but when soil temperatures are in the 60s and 65-degree range, that's when peppers and melons all love to grow. Two okay, even though,
2: and even though I've got, like, squash and other beds, and they're growing pretty huge, too.
1: Sometimes it depends on the color of the soil, something really dumb okay. like the color of the soil. Yeah. But, Cindy, because you're an experimentatious kind of lady, I will tell you a thing that you can try next year. I tried it yep. this year, worked like a charm. I yep. went to one of the big box uh, home improvement stores and found where they show, sell shingles, and I asked if I could have two or three broken shingles for free. I said, oh yeah, take them, go, we don't need them. And so I got two or three black shingles and planted them, or I should say put my tomatoes in the ground back in, it was March when I put these tomatoes in the ground, and I put a shingle, I split the shingle and put it on either side of the tomato stem, thinking the black color of the shingle is going to warm the soil underneath. Man, those tomatoes took off. No damage from cold soil or cold air. The they're four feet tall, I guess right now. And um, I'm thinking that that really helped a lot to warm the soil artificially right. with black plastic or black shingles black. either way.
2: Right. And I've seen that around in some of the gardening books, not yeah. shingles, but plastic. That, that plastic. sounds great. Sure. I'll give it. I'll just be a little more patient. You Thank bet. you.
1: Thanks for calling, Cindy. Have a good day. It's forty four minutes past the hour. We've got uh, Eleanor in Madison, Georgia, who joins us on Lawn and Garden. Eleanor, hey, good morning. Good morning. What you got, Eleanor?
2: I have squash. that's they're growing. They're, they're little bitty and they're not growing off.
1: Do they just fall off the plant?
2: They're not falling off.
1: They're not growing or falling off.
3: I just have to pick them off.
1: Hmm, usually... Usually, when squash or cucumbers or zucchini do not develop rapidly, and they should develop, and you know this too, Eleanor, they should just get pollinated and go zoom, and they open up, and within a week or so you've got your squash to pick or your zucchini to pick, and they're ready to go. And so if they're not filling out as quickly and rapidly as you think they are, I'm guessing it is a pollination problem, because that is what causes fruit to, to enlarge, is the pollination process makes uh, hormones go to the fruit, and then it says, give me some water, give me some other flesh to form, and then make the squash. So my bet here is there's a pollination problem in your garden, and that is relatively easy to fix. And the easy way to fix it is to go to a garden center and get every kind of flower you can find. <laughs> and particularly if you look around, look for the flowers that have honeybees visiting visiting them in the garden center. Because that's what oh. you want, is more bees in the garden.
2: Uh, the geese, the are uh, growing and, and getting good size. Well, that gets good, good that's I good got hope. One vine that's, i was afraid they had too many on the vine, because I've got one vine that's got 18 squash up. <laughs>
1: That does sound like a lot, and if that's the case, 18, you could pick off a couple of the smallest ones there and see if that helps a little bit on the, on the uh, elongation and the getting bigger and bigger, wider uh, squash on there. But I still think pollination is the key thing that many, many gardeners don't think about. And uh, having a lot of flowers around a vegetable garden now, we have fewer and fewer wild honeybees. So if you have a neighbor who is a beekeeper, that's a great thing if you're growing vegetables because the bees come and pollinate your flowers for free, and they bring the nectar back to the uh, beekeeper, and he maybe shares honey with you. But if you do not have a beekeeper nearby, planting flowers brings all the native bees, native uh, uh, solitary bees and others that do pollination, and that's what you need to have in any garden that has the melons, cucumbers, uh, squash, and those plants that really rely on pollination to get big.
3: Mm -hmm. These like
2: they are get you get too old they to get bumpy all over. Yeah,
1: we don't want those. These are
2: getting bumpy, little.
1: And, and still, there's something going on with the pollination thing. It's not maturing like it ought to. Pick off the okay. bumpy ones, slice them up. There's nothing wrong with them if they're not too tough. You can fry them. You can eat them still. There's no problem with eating them. But um, let's let's give it a couple of weeks and see what happens if you plant some flowers out there, Cindy Eleanor. I mean, I sorry.
2: The breams are rotting on it. What would
1: cause that? Uh, same thing. Pollination. No pollination. Oh, okay.
2: All right. Well, thank you.
1: Drive safely.
2: Thank you. Have a good day.
1: You bet. It's 748 News Talk WSB. We'll be back after this.
4: This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the lawn and garden advice you need.
1: Quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. Great news for gardeners. Some of the best weather you've had in a while today. It's going to be breezy, warm this afternoon, highs in the low 80s, overnight clear skies, and lows dropping down into the high 40s. Stay tuned. Atlanta's most accurate and dependable forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5. and AM 750 WSB, Teresa is out in Monroe, and she comes up right this very minute hey Teresa good morning
4: Walter good morning I hope you can work some magic for me in my vegetable garden (laughs) talk to me What we got Um, last fall my husband and I put some ground yard waste um, on our garden we got from the city Mm -hmm. and uh, the mulch is and it's mulch it's about one and two years old we put about four inches over our whole vegetable garden Mm -hmm. and then we've tilled it in awesome so fast forward to this spring we've planted vegetables uh, tomatoes squash peppers and so on and it is the vegetable plants are not growing there mm. if they do grow they're just staying um small they're not they're, there's no growth at all there's yellowing in the plants. some yeah. of the plants have died yeah. obviously the garden is lacking some nutrients or something is there anything you can advise
1: Yes, I think you're exactly nail on the head right about lacking nutrients, because one of the things about commercial uh, compost that's made by cities in DeKalb County here in Atlanta does the same thing, is that it is composted for a great while, but many times I see chunks of wood and things that are not completely composted. And when you put it into your garden and dig it into the soil, all the fungi and bacteria in the soil want to break it down. That's their job is to break down chips and pieces of wood and natural okay. organic materials. When they do that, they rob nitrogen of every plant and every plant root around them. And okay. that's why your vegetables are not doing so well is because they don't have any nitrogen because the fungi are sealing it all to help break down the wood. Okay. So the easy fix is you'll get some Miracle Grow, mix up a couple of gallons of that and every plant gets a little a little drink of Miracle Grow. Okay. And do that once every three weeks or so I would think. Follow the label mixing directions. And I bet things will perk up pretty darn quickly.
4: Okay, so I do that for now as a quick remedy. Yeah. Is there anything I I guess a soil test this fall? Um And and then maybe try to amend the garden over the course of the fall and winter in in preparation for next spring. I
1: wouldn't add anything more. Nothing more organic added to the soil. I don't think it's going to be needed for the next year or two. And the good news is, is once the fungi and bacteria have broken down the chips, it releases the nitrogen back. And so next year, you may not have this problem at all. All the nutrients will be where the plants need them and no extra miracle grow will be needed. So okay. at this point, I say leave the garden as it is. No more amendments to it. Um, plant as you will and enjoy the fruit and the vegetables right. you uh, get.
4: Regarding my my garden, then I always plant flowers around my vegetables Good. like your previous caller you talked about. Can I plant, is, is the same going to apply for flowers
1: as well? Oh, absolutely. We need to plant lots of flowers wherever you have it in the garden, wherever you have an opportunity to do that. It brings the native bees in, and that is never a bad thing for a garden. Thanks for calling, Therese. we got to go at 7.58. We'll be back after news.